Welcome to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk, talking art of living, Adam, the big man. Paul, here we are again, same place, same time. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so great. Thanks to everyone for listening in. We've got a great show today, and it's summer here in Louisiana for sure. Like, Yeah. We were blessed with, I, I got to say, a nice long stretch of pleasant weather. But it was rainy. Unusual. It was rainy, but pleasant, like not too hot, right? Yeah. But I think that's over yeah and there's still like places that are flooding like river flooding mm-hmm. have you heard of this mm-hmm. yeah you know so it's like the rain begins to kind of funnel down and get into you know all these rivers and uh so there's river flooding i mean if you look at the mississippi river where we live like it's it's up to the levees which is way above where the banks are mm-hmm. and then the arkansas river up north and then you have all the snow that's melted from up north that's dripping down uh along with the rainwater so it's serious because then it then it you know river flooding that's scary to me yeah because there's really nothing you can do about there's it there's nothing you can do about it like yeah. literally i mean any flooding there's nothing you can do about it true but if it's you know rainwater it's like gradual and you can maybe put some sandbags and then it stops that. raining and it goes away right river flooding yeah, it's just it's just massive. So mm-hmm. it, it's less of a like pockets of rain. It's it's like boom, you know, boom. Yeah. And at one point it just all comes in. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, uh, but great man, <laughs> and uh, lots of lots of crazy things going on. We're gonna get into some cool conversations today. Um, but have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. Yeah, I'm for real. Usually, like a lot of times, I have you seen. It's something funny or something we you know we. That's just out there. Or something we think is funny. Something we think is funny. Other people might not, but we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of those things are funny. Uh, But really, one of the heavy scenes, and we've been talking about it in our house uh, through the news, and I'm sure you guys have as well, is um, the abortion laws being pushed down to states. And then the state legislators uh, voting on the abortion Mm-hmm. bills in their states right man people are up in arms it's nuts yeah and uh, good and bad like mm-hmm. like you know the pro-choice people are, are irate uh that these bills are being passed and then the, obviously the pro-life people uh like you and i are static that you know there are states that are saying you know you know, what they're calling, you know, I guess the heartbeat bill or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But in Louisiana, where we live, um, it's being voted on. Yeah. And hats off to uh, our governor who's going to sign it, despite a lot of opposition from his own party, right? That, yeah, isn't that crazy? So, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, I think, for those brave politicians that understand the weight of the moment, which is this is happening. You know, Roe v. Wade is being over turned and we're witnessing it and we ha- we all have a part to play you know a lot of us for 40 years i'm not quite 40 years old so yeah but a lot of us since this thing started have been working diligently and and here we are and so we we have a role to play an obligation as catholics and as human beings that we we do what we can um to stop it so it's very exciting and you know there's a roe v wade movie coming out this year have you heard about this no, not not specifically about Roe v. Wade. I mean, they had the Abby Johnson movie yeah. that came out, uh, but yeah, this is starring John Voight, and I don't quite understand the premise of the movie, but it seems like 
one, a history of how Roe v. Wade happened. Right. But then two, what it, what it would look like if it was overturned. So in other words, like it's showing like the Supreme Court actually hearing the case and overturning it, I think. Yeah. And I mean, perfect timing. I mean, they started production on it two years ago, I guess, because that's when movies start. But like this fall, that's what's coming out. Right. I mean, it's all in God's providence, right? Yeah. I mean, many people, um, you know, have said that, you know, the, the abortion issue is, is the current civil rights issue of the modern mm-hmm. day. And to that point, like, I, I agree. I don't disagree with that. Um, we're fighting for life, for the dignity of human life. But the big picture is that we're still fighting for all the dignity of all life. Like the yeah. civil rights movement that uh, uh, happened in our country of equality and, you know, the racism, all those things, it, we're still working on that as a culture. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there might be laws that help right. that everyone's equal. But in the heart, in our hearts... As a culture, we're still trying to implement the civil rights movement, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So we shouldn't, you know, like we're trying to fight for all life as Catholics. This abortion thing is huge, but we shouldn't forget that all life's important and we got to continue to fight in a culture for dignity for all people, all races, all ages. And just, you know, the, the only thing that can fight that is people who are committed to loving each other with the love of God in our world and believe that life is so, so precious, right? All life and all people. And I want to get into this conversation because, you know, with this, with this law being pushed, it's interesting because someone had a vision that uh, abortion would be legal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then now people had a vision that abortion would be illegal. And when I talk about a vision, like a vision is like something that's a, it's far thought. Like you would make a statement like this, like, I believe that one day this will happen. That's a vision. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's like you said, it's 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. Of Roe v. Wade. Someone 40 years ago said or many people said, no, we believe in a day where this is going to be overturned. Mm-hmm. We don't know how we're going to get there. We don't know how we're going to do it. Yet someone had a vision that it would be legal. I have a vision where a woman or a doctor, whatever, can kill a baby in a womb. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe that day will come to fruition. And it did, actually. Yeah. They didn't know how they were going to get there. And the reason I bring that up is because... Vision is so important, not only for our lives personally, um, but for us as Christians, for the church, for any organization or corporation, company. uh, Without vision, we have no idea what we're reaching for, what we're going for, what pulls us out of bed in the morning. What what is our you know you hear it all the time. What's 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 your what's your why? Why do you get out of bed? What why do you do what you do? A lot of people are afraid of vision because it seems like you can't reach it. Right, and you don't want to disappoint yourself. You don't want to disappoint yourself. But that's not its purpose. Its purpose is actually not to be reached. It's it's the the purpose is to keep you moving. Yeah, it's that's the, what vision is. It's it's like gravity. A vision mm-hmm. is like gravity. It's like it's like a magnetic force in a sense that kind of pulls you forward. Uh, as Christians, we call it grace. 
Yeah. Well, and look, vision can be, this is how powerful vision is, is that it outlives people. Amen. The thing that. is, if you don't have, if you can't clarify vision, especially in the church, really important things, then when whoever the person happens to be leading dies, the operation dies with them. Yeah. And I do this a lot with companies, corporations, and people, and, uh, and in the church. And the word vision, oftentimes people are afraid of. Um, particularly a lot of times in the, in the church, people are afraid of this word vision. Churches, parishes, dioceses, it's like, we don't even know what you're talking about. We don't have time for that. Right. And I'm like, wait, you don't have time to know where you're going or where you want to go? Like, you don't have time. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, like, you're going to go on a trip and you're just going to drive randomly. <laughs> like, you're not going to... You're not going to map out your destination. And then someone in the back seat says, "Yeah, but but where are we going?" And you're like, "Just, just don't worry about that. We need to. Next stop is this." And and yeah. we've talked on the show, like we live on the I-10 corridor. Mm-hmm. Like you can get on I-10 West and go to L.A. and say that that's where you want to go, but you go I-10 East. Like you don't map it out. You end up in Jacksonville, Florida, and you're like, "Well, I wanted to go to L.A., but I just drove." I vision is is of is a direction that it, it pulls you forward. It, it, without it, you're lost. Like you're constantly wandering uh, around, right? Yeah, and I would say the discernment of vision has taken different names over the history of the church. I think in, in our culture today, from the business world to the society at large, the language of vision makes sense. Vision statements, vision clarity, like that language makes sense. But there are other names in the history of our church that describe the same reality to show how important it is, has always been to the church. For example, charism of a community, like the Franciscans. We discern a charism. It's a particular, it's not just a gift, the word charism means gift, but it's a particular vision that God has for this community. And we have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes the the yes or the no decider, like with the Franciscans. Right. Is this consistent with our charism? Or what we would say, is this consistent with the vision? Yep. And if it's not, we don't do it. Right. If it is, we go all in. And that's how they thrive in what God's calling them to do. So to make this statement, so visions never change, missions do, we're going to get into mm-hmm. the difference, okay? So vision's set forever right? So one of the the quotes I like is, before we can build the world we want to live in, like we all desire something, right, that Mm -hmm. we want to live in, we have to imagine it. Greatness starts with a clear vision of the future, right? Um, A vision statement answers the questions, where do you want to be, or what does the future look like, right? Uh, Jesus had a vision statement. Yeah. Jesus had a vision of what he wanted the world to look like. I want... Go make disciples of all nations. That seems really big, really far-reached, really out there. That's a dream of the future. And yet, yeah, like how well, do think you, about this? How do you do that? That's a mission. We'll get <laughs> yeah. into that. But the vision, like Jesus it was had a, to him. Yeah, it was like it's not like he left the disciples. It's like figure it out. Right. Well, think about this. The night before he died, was there any day that might have been more pressing or urgent? than Good Friday to Jesus as far as stressful, um, you know, could take all of his attention. It's Good Friday, right? Like, think of the busiest day we might have in our life. It's not going to match 
from Holy Thursday night to three o'clock on Good Friday to Jesus, right? Like this was, it took all of him. But before he started that journey, he didn't talk about the passion right before. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may also be. In other words, he had the vision of that moment when he returns and takes the church to himself and lives forever in the kingdom to come. So his he set aside at his staff retreat of the Last Supper with his apostles, right? Like they, they set aside the time to pray and be together. He set aside the time to tell them what it's all about, the vision of what he's going to accomplish. He took the time to do that. And I think that's so important for us as a church to recognize because we're so busy today. All of us are busy, but we're so busy. But when we take that time and identify how does our vision match with Jesus's vision, there's few more important things to do than that. Right, exactly. Jesus set a vision for the disciples and where to go. How? I mean, that's the mission, and we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. Like, I, I think it's super important like, that people understand that they don't have to be afraid of a vision statement because it's not about success or failure. Mm-hmm. At the end of your life, and you said it earlier, vision statements live beyond us. So it's the thing that pulls us forward. It's not a goal to be reached. It's not a finish line to cross. Like the vision is always ahead of us. So it's not like you can, It it's like the bright sign way ahead that's just kind of constantly calling you forward. You know, like what, what do you hope for in the future? And that's what you're moving for. You know, with this pro-life thing, people hope for it, but it's never going to go away. There's always going to be a fight. There's always going to yeah. be laws. There's always going to be, you know, we're, the civil rights of today, we're always going to be fighting for people's dignity because we live in a fallen, sinful world. Right. People are always going to hate. People are always going to kill. People are always right. going to want to uh, be racial. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why I think, I think you touched on something very important, that if it's really a vision that God has given us for our life, the only solution is when Jesus comes back. Like if the vision is that all human life is respected, well, that's when we can all rest. That's only going to be accomplished when <laughs> Jesus comes back. Yeah, amen to that. If the vision is to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, that everyone would hear it, that's only going to be accomplished when Jesus comes back. In other words, if it's a vision that God has really given us, it's a work that we need to do now to bring about and help bring about that kingdom that is to come. It's not that we're the kingdom, we're the Savior, we're, we're just trying to solve all the problems, and we get disappointed if we don't is that we're going to do the work that needs to be done until he comes back. This is our turn. This is our generation, our 50, you know, 50 to 100 years in this life or less to help accomplish or bring forward that thing that Jesus is going to do when he comes back, his vision. If you live to 100, that would be amazing. All right, this is Paul I'm and Adam. be a cranky old man. <laughs> you would be. Your beer would be out of control. I'm going to lose all inhibitions. That's what I'm going to do. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam here talking art of living, getting into vision and mission and vision. Mission. Don't turn it off because this is super important for our life. So I have a question for you. What would the hundred year old Adam <laughs> tell would be his vision? What would the hundred year old Adam tell the twenty five year old Adam? Oh gosh. Probably things like oh, I don't know. Because I'm not a, I'm not the hundred year old Adam. That's a hard one. You, I usually don't get stumped with questions. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, because, you know, we can become very cynical in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like, so we have a choice to be like, we could tell the 25-year-old us to just give up, right? Yeah. Like, it's or don't hard. make all those mistakes. But all those mistakes help make me who I am. So I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard thing. I can thing. tell you this. There's, pro- there's such a minute chance that I'll live to 100. You think? Oh, gosh. I don't, whether no one in my family's lived to 100. But, dude, in 30 years, let's say when you're 70-ish, you might be able to get a new heart. Like, I like the ish. At the uh, gas station. You know, your heart's given out. <laughs> but the thing is, you get a heart from someone who lost a heart. <laughs> no, you they say, build you a heart. 3D printing technology and stuff. They can, oh, you're just going to get it out yeah. of like a little machine? Yeah, like the soda machine. ATM card. Right yeah, what's your there. blood type? That's a good vision. I don't know if you ever get there, but... <laughs> Someone could have a vision that I, I I believe in a day where people can get a heart from a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's inspiring. It is inspiring. <laughs> and here's the thing about vision. I So I sit down with people all the time and, and they want to create a vision statement or mission statement for their company or organization. You know, uh, and one of the first questions that I ask, because I ask myself the same question, is what's your personal vision statement? Mm-hmm. Do you have one? And I've met with a couple of um, for-profit secular companies in the last couple of months and successful, you know, uh, doing well. And I said, can you tell me either your vision or mission statement? And uh, they looked at me like, no, well, I, I can't remember it. I don't know if we even have one. And yet they're experiencing some dysfunction internally, you know, not like. Gonna- not a big deal, but they want to. They want to solve it. They want to solve it and get healthy. Yeah. And, you know, what I say is if you don't know where you're going and what you're about, then you can't fix the issues internally because people who are following you or a part of your organization don't know where you're going or what you're about. Mm -hmm. So then they just kind of do whatever, right? Yeah. And in order to change the culture and to get the right people on board and where you're going, you have to have clarity on it. Right. And the church in particular is not super good at this. Although Jesus gave us a clear vision, you know, Jesus gave us a clear vision, go and make disciples. I don't know how we've gotten away from that. Um, you know, I don't know how, like, you know, we're, and I think it's cause we're afraid of it you know, and, and we're busy in, in the details and in the weeds, but a vision statement really pulls us forward as a person and as a company. So, you know, like my personal vision statement is it's big and broad. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be something that moves me forward. You know, like, um, I, I, I want to love God, love my family and love people. You see, that's just, that's just gonna, a lifelong journey. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to stop working on that. Like, I'm never going to be at the point where I'm like, oh, I got it. Right? 
Like right. that's that's constant. How I do that is my mission. Like how I specifically I'm gonna love God, love my family, and love people. That's that's my mission every day, right? That's where mm-hmm. we, we kind of differentiate between vision and mission for a company is like your why your your why of your vision is way out there. How you get there is your mission. Yeah, and your mission can change over time. So. Your mission can change over Cause, time. Because, you know, what does it mean to love God this year, right? can look different than five years from now. What does it mean to love my wife this year or my kids this year? Yep. You know, it could be a lot different. Um, and I think this difference is important because your vision should not change over time. You know, and it could be, it's a lot of work. Look, you challenged me a while back to consider my own personal vision statement. I'm still working on it. I think I've got some clarity about that, but it's a discerning process. There's a lot of discernment. If you're, if you care about God and his input, there's a lot of discernment that goes into a vision statement personally and organizationally. Yep. And so it, it could be a lot of uh, soul searching and a lot of work, but you need to get to a point where it's, it's pretty set. Now it can become more clear. You can continue to discern it, but it shouldn't be changing all the time. Otherwise you don't really know who you are. No visions. So as, as we move forward with this vision statements, don't change as we said, mm-hmm. um, and they can't be long. So right. here's the thing. Um, rememberable and repeatable. Like if you can't remember it and can't repeat it, it's too long. What was that again? Remember? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> rememberable and repeatable. And this is for an organization too, because mm-hmm. an organization can say, here's our vision. And they just throw out like, you know, a paragraph. And it's like, no, shrink that down into like one line, mm-hmm. one statement that you're about that everyone can remember and repeat. This is what we're about. Yeah. Right. Um, this yeah. is what we're about. Like so. So the so the nonprofit I, I work with, the Art of Living, is like it's just out there that like the vision is that all people would know the Art of Living. Like that's that's we're never going to do that until Jesus comes back. Until Jesus comes back, that they would know the full art of living the freedom of living, but Mm -hmm. to get in the weeds of like the mission, how we do that specifically, how do we teach the art of living? Like that's our mission. Right. Right. So we teach the art of living for Christ by that's when you get into the mission. We have a small vision and mission, right? Like we know that we'll never achieve that. But unless I wake up thinking, what am I doing today? If I forget the vision, I just quit. Right. In work, if we don't have that, we're just going to constantly feel like we're going nowhere. Right. And I don't know if people realize how much of us feel that way. And if you really should stop and think, this feeling of not gaining traction in life, not moving ahead with certain goals you have or certain hopes and aspirations you have for your family, for work, for your prayer life, for your church... This feeling of we're not, I am not going in the direction I think I should be, or I'm not moving quick enough. So many of us, this is our normal experience, but it doesn't have to be. And that's why I think people don't understand, and it, I don't understand half the time, is there, there are ways to move forward. And if we look at the lives of the saints, just about all of them, if they had a conversion, it came when God gave them a vision for their life that was clear. You know, think of St. Ignatius of Loyola, right? Or 
others that on on their sickbed, God was able to talk to them. So they got to a, a, a weak point in their life to where they were willing to listen to God. And what did God give them? A vision of a work to accomplish for the rest of their life. Right. To to sell everything, you ha- like like Mother Teresa, go to the poorest in the gutter. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi, go to the leper and, and be poor with the poor. Um the vision statement was small. We call it a charism, like at that time. But like it transformed everything for them. And and there's a before and after. Yeah. There's before this moment and after this moment. And I think this is what good vision state a statement can do for our personal life, for our family, yep. and for our organization. Yeah. So you've been in on some meetings with me and um <clears throat> you know, I had a pastor, I was in a meeting and um you know this feeling. Um and you weren't at this meeting, but uh, had a pastor and his team, um, and I uh, said, "We don't, we don't need a, we don't need that. We don't need a vision statement." You could literally feel the air just suck out of the room. <laughs> like honestly, like it was yeah. like it was like the air was sucked out of the room, and it was like people were like, "Wait, we don't, we don't need to know where we're going. Mm. Oh, we don't really have time for that. Like we just need to do this, 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 and this." So it's like really kind of the it's it's we feel like we're going somewhere if we just do something right right so you just do in the church you just do your little role you answer the phone you you do baptism prep you you do the confirmation and you do this and you do that and we'll all feel like we're going somewhere like in a family it's like you you go to school you do your homework you go to ballet you go to baseball you go to work and like we're all living life right like in, and your vision as a family could be like we want to be a family that that loves each other and loves people. You know, like we want to be a family that loves being together. You know what? It doesn't always feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure, like when your kids are fighting or you're tired, like it doesn't feel like we're a family that loves being together. Like, but that's our goal down the road. How we do that? Well, we do that by spending time by having meals together, by cultivating conflict. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then that translates into, let's say, a goal for this year would be, you know, let's start doing family game nights. Right. Let's try it out right. and see if that will make a, a difference. And, you know, so it has to get down to that concrete. And those are the things you do accomplish. The vision is like... Yes. So here's yeah. where the mission, like the mission statement concentrates on the present. Mm-hmm. The visions of the future. It typically answers the question, why do we exist? Okay, so it's moving, it's the steps to move forward. Mission statement um, defines the goals, ethics, or the culture. So you kind of get a little bit into the details. It could be so well defined that it feels almost like a strategy sometimes. Um, mission statements create clarity and set a direction for us personally and for our company and our employees. So it's like, how do we get to the vision? Like, that's the mission statement. We we do this by boom, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if it's a church, it's like their mission statement is: um, we believe in the Great Commission. We believe in disciples of all nations, right? I just stole that. Okay, okay. I mean, I personally think this is my personal opinion that if you're a church and you don't have a vision statement that's connected with what Jesus' vision is, you might be off. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> it's very unachievable in our lifetime. We'll never, we'll never be there. Right. But your mission statement specifically, and you talked about charism, every parish and every is different. 
your culture is different. Your people mm-hmm. are different. Your uh, how you achieve that vision is that's your specific mission statement. Like that's we do this by you know this is what we do. This is how we move forward, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's where you kind of get a little bit more into strategy, and then you kind of set goals in a sense of like, here's our goals for the year to move us in further into our mission. What I love about that step is it tends to diminish competition amongst those in a team. So let's take a family, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of my kids, right? Right. So we all know how competitive kids can be with each other because there's limited resources, limited toys, limited attention, like all these things, right? And if their vision of what they're about is to get as many things for themselves as they can, that's where competition comes from, from, from all of us, right? Like if that's, if our goal is to just get the most out of life that I can get, um, we get competitive with others who are threatening the limited resources available. So what happens is the mission statement is based on who our team is, what their talents are, where they fit the roles, and like what we can accomplish together. And it unifies that team, and competition tends to deflate because the mission statement helps clarify that everyone has a place in this mission, whatever your gifts and talents are. And we're not just about getting whatever we can for ourselves, but we're about the mission. And we're going to support each other in that. And so to me, this is just such a crucial element to, the, to, to a team, to a family, to uh, an organization. Because competition is, is of the evil one. Yeah. That's, that's where the devil gets in. Yeah. To divide and conquer. Oh, absolutely. I think good questions to ask. Like if you're, if you're listening, you're like, you know, how do, how do I start? Uh, as an organization, as a leader, as a company, or even as a person, a good question to start with the vision is, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And it's this burden in our heart that, that gets us up in the morning. There, there's something, there's a, there's a bigger why. It's not a, it's, it's, I, I say it's God given. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, boom, it's out there. I need to get it out there. Um, you know, I, I know what I want my life to I know what I want people to say about me at the end of my life. I know I'm not there. That's my personal vision, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's something to be, to move forward. My mission on how I do that each day, it's just like a good question to ask yourself is how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Right? So as a, as a company, how do you do it? You know, so the, the vision, why, why do you do this? You know, so I was meeting with a, a doctor's office and, you know, they didn't, really know what their mission statement was and they're doing well, but they have some internal tension. So here's how it works. You know, nobody knows why they're doing what they're doing. They know they're supposed to love patients, but you know, like they're just busy in the weeds. It's kind of like the church, right? Yeah. But, but they're not reminded of why, right? Um, they just know that they're supposed to work hard and get paid. Right. So, so the why, the, the why helps you honestly create a team of other people who believe in that why. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So when you have dysfunction on the team, it's because not everyone believes in that why, right? Mm-hmm. They believe, they, you know, they're, they're not about that. They're just about them or they're about whatever. Right. Um, so without that why, you, you can't really even bring people on the team who, who believe that. 
because you don't know what it is. So the, the mission is how do you do that? This is how we do this, right? We treat patients this way by doing this, and we we move forward every day. And then what ends up happening is you you're able to create a culture that's healthy, because because mm-hmm. then you get into another conversation of creating what your your real core values are. What do you value most internally in in your organization, and that's really the buy-in that people come on. I, oh, we're, I'm about those core values too. And that's really kind of how you hire and bring people on is with your vision and your core values. Well, what you're describing, I, I think to make a case of why it's so important, all right, because I really I just think people need to understand how important this is, but why it's so important is that let's just imagine for a second you have a, a I don't know, a company, right? And it's, let's say, 5,000 employees. And that company is very healthy. There's a strong vision in the leadership. There's a strong uh, sense of mission and purpose. And it's, it's just a good place to work, right? right? And there's a new employee that comes in and doesn't... There's a process to align them to the vision and mission, but like they don't have it yet, right? right. And they're just kind of there that's not a, a stressful situation. Like that person will adapt. Like there's not a sense of something's wrong, right? So someone doesn't have the vision, but nothing's wrong. Like we're, there's a way to work with it, right? Well, the thing is, most of our experiences are not like that. They're not functional. They're not like that, right? So it's not like we're, walk, we're walking into a church or into a family or into a dynamic that's already healthy and there's already a process. Everything's ordered and tidy. Like we just have to fill in. We just have to join it. We're not, most of us are not there. Right. Most of us come from a, a divorce homes, you know? So like we didn't, we didn't learn this like healthy family dynamic and we can just walk in. Most of us uh, come from a workplace where, you know, some of us love where we work, but most people are running into a Walmart or whatever. Like they don't like working where they work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't we don't grow up in a we don't live in a society where that's the norm. The healthy is the norm. So you need to go out of your way and be intentional about setting the healthy structures so that you can experience that for yourself and for your family and for and for your church or for your organization. And so to me this is just a great way and it's just so important to bring the health that's not going to happen by accident. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. And I think it's important, like when you have a healthy team, even if you have a, a couple of people who are on board, they help create the culture for you. So if mm-hmm. you're in a meeting and you're not the pastor, you're not the head honcho, it's okay for you to say, look, guys, this is tough. Like this is tough work. Sometimes we can get worn out. Uh, let's just all remember this is why we do what we do, mm-hmm. right? That creates a culture where people, you teach the vision without having to like teach the vision. It just becomes part of the conversation. It's healthy, mm-hmm. right? Remember, this is what we're about. This is why we do what we do. And when you have, when you know your, your vision is rememberable and repeatable, then it just becomes part of the conversation. Remember, this is why we do what we do. How we do it, we all do this. We all have our roles. We all have our job descriptions. We, we move this mission forward by doing this and remember what our core values are. We're about honesty, love, trust. And then like, that's the culture. Mm-hmm. Then people who aren't a part of that culture, don't buy into it. They're going to eventually end up believing because they don't feel 
a part of like that that healthy culture, or they're going to end up getting fired, mm-hmm. which is okay. So then you can hire someone who believes in that in that culture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you're right. Like when we when we don't come from healthy dynamics and we don't know how to have healthy conversations, or we're working within a team that's not healthy, it's difficult, right? And so we have to learn to to bring those healthy conversations into the dynamic so that it just becomes a part of who we are. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go write a family vision statement with the family. That's one of the things I'm going to take away from the show. I've heard about doing this. People have recommended it, you know, like have a family vision and mission statement um, that you're aware of. And I've always thought it was a good idea, but I've never done it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. But like, I would love to know what my kids think about what we're about, like why we're a family, what hope, what they hope to, uh, you know, accomplish as a family, like in a in a sense of mission. Right. Um, so that's one thing I'm gonna take away from it. It's lovely. Yeah, don't be afraid of it, man. All right, we'll be right back. Paul and Adam talking art of living. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam talking art of living, really the art of visioning. Yes, visioning. And of course, the root of the word vision is to see, seeing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To see, yeah. right? So so oftentimes, like if, you, if you're stuck personally or you're stuck as an organization, a company, or you're not necessarily stuck, but you want to kind of see the future mm-hmm. in a sense like you move forward, Um I got four questions I usually ask. Really? Kinda, yeah. Unstuck us. Move Dude, us forward. unstuck me, please. You know? Get un- me unstuck. Unstick you. I yes. Feel like, I feel like sticking you like with a pencil. No, no, no. Unstick me. You ever gotten like a pencil fight? Like stab fight? Absolutely not. They're, it's really fun. Really? Mm-hmm. You've stabbed someone with a pencil? With the eraser. Maybe. I, with the eraser. I got nice and at the end <laughs> I turned it into the eraser. Wow. That is something. I don't know if that's consistent with your vision. Paul. That was public school, baby, back in the 90s. <laughs> Just surviving. Pencil fights <laughs> happened all the time. <laughs> not even joking. But not everybody knows that life. That's right. I didn't get in a pencil fight. Yeah. Yeah. Usually with your friends, too. Yeah, Usually like friendly thing. And then it starts out, and then it's not. But anyway. <laughs> so so here's a good question to start out off yes, with. Yes, unstick is, me. Um, uh, what is the dissatisfaction with the current state of your company and your mission? And mm-hmm. you can also say that personally. What is the dissatisfaction that you feel with your current state of life? That's a great question. So so basically what it, it identifies the tension that you feel. Like wh- mm-hmm. there's tension in our office. There's tension on our team. There's tension in me. In me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tension. Uh, you know, like I can look at my life and say, you know, I, there's there's tension in me. Like there, 
there's dissatisfaction. Maybe it's maybe it's my attitude. Maybe it's my spiritual life. Maybe it's my my uh, physical life. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. where's the dissatisfaction? Where's the tension? Don't be afraid to name the tension. I think oftentimes we've talked on the shows um, that we can't be afraid of of those things, right? Because it helps mm-hmm. identify where we are. Self recognition. Right. So I think it's important if you're a leader or you're in a company, what is the dissatisfaction with the current state? Like name it, claim it, what's the tension that you feel? That's a great discernment aspect, you know, like what does the Lord put on my heart, you know? Because sometimes the tension is going to be something's not healthy in my life. Like the tension is I don't have good time management and I right. I, I keep being late for meetings and whatever and then work piles up and that, you know, so, but considering there's a tension in all of us that the Lord has put there. Mm-hmm. There's something the Lord wants us to resolve and do and, you know. Exactly. And I think that's that's just such a beautiful place to be considering. And I think it's a good, healthy evaluation, even for families. If you talked about uh, married couples, I was meeting with a, a guy who's like, man, I'm just dissatisfied with my marriage. It's not that we don't love each other. Mm-hmm. It's not even that we don't do life well together. It's just we're so busy. Right. As they talk to me about that, what's the dissatisfaction? Well, we got this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened is the dissatisfaction helped them name that the main thing that they need and desire is time together. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't have that time together. If that's a core value for your for your family, you can't do it without making changes. Right. Okay? So the dissatisfaction helps you name the tension so that you can you can begin to figure out how to make changes around that. Okay? Yeah. So it can be... Personally, it could be familiar with your family, and it could be corporately as a company. So what is the dissatisfaction with the current state of myself, our company, our family, and our mission? Like, what's the dissatisfaction? I love it. I'm going to have to ponder that for like a week. I'm constantly asking this question in my, yeah. in my life, maybe too much, so don't, but <laughs> or our family because things change. Like your right. mission changes as your family, your kids get older and like, man, y'all are all over the place. Like how are we going to get back to what our mission is? What's the what's the dissatisfaction I'm feeling or I'm you know, I'm whatever. So it, it kind of helps to recalibrate, mm-hmm. right? But don't be afraid to to do that, you know. I mean, with a company their dissatisfaction is within their team. Like they don't treat each other, they don't work well as a team, yada yada, like there's dissatisfaction. Uh, the next question is, now set the vision for the future of what could be. What what could our company become, our mission become? What what could we be, right? So that's where you kind of set the vision or start thinking about, well, what could be of our family, mm-hmm. right? What could be of our company or our organization? So you, you begin to set a vision for, for what the future could be, right? where you want to aim. So once you know where you want to aim, then you can set your mission on how you're going to get there. Right? Yeah. It makes sense. What kind of family can we be? What kind of company can we be? What kind of marriage can we have? Mm-hmm. Right? Which, and w- w- like yeah. in, in my own marriage, like if I'm not thinking like how, what kind of marriage can we have? Even if we love each other great today, like there's more. Right, yeah, and I, I remember one couple in particular. Just we put up so many blocks to that. It's almost like we either we think we don't deserve good things, like a, <clears throat> a really happy marriage, or um, 
to be happy at work or I don't know, like a lot. I'm thinking of this couple in particular, their struggle was they just, they didn't think it was possible for them. Yeah. That's a good. So it wasn't so much that they didn't deserve it, but like because of our personalities, that's Mm -hmm. just not possible. But I don't think that's true. Yeah. I had a couple we were uh, meeting with who, who one of them said, you know, I want to be friends, but I just don't know if it's possible for us to be friends. Maybe we're just supposed to be married. And, and I remember saying, no, 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 it's very possible. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel that way. Your dissatisfaction right. is that you're not friends right now. You don't feel like you're friends. But your vision is that you can be, you see? Mm-hmm. So like a, a, a great repeatable and rememberable statement, vision statement for a marriage is to be best friends for the rest of our life. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. To be best friends even when the kids leave home. Like, that's a great vision. Like, because what does it mean to be best friends? Well, it takes a lot. So that's your mission. Spend time together, serve each other, laugh together. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's your, how you get there, that's your mission, right? So you set um, a vision for the future of what could be, right? And then the next question you ask is, wh- what's the first steps or the action plan to move forward? Right. Mm-hmm. So that takes your mission in action, which we talked about. Which, what's your first steps to become friends? Well, you know, we need a weekly date night. You know, mm-hmm. we need every day we need 30 minutes together. That's our action steps. That's all we're going to do right now. We're going to focus on that because we know time together will help us to be friends. Right. Or we need to learn how to communicate. So we're going to take a class on communication and we're going to spend time every week talking specifically to work out the tension and communication, right? Yeah. So what's your first steps to move your vision forward? What, yeah. what are they? Like, Well, there's a lot of anxiety, I think, in that step of making sure you pick the right step or making sure you've covered all your bases or, like, will that really work? And, I mean, really, it's not about the step as much as the movement toward the vision. Mm-hmm. In other words, if a date night once a week is actually a bad idea, which I don't see how it could be, but let's just imagine. It could be a bad date. Yeah. Let's just like imagine. I, I, I look, when my wife and I go on dates, I see couples all the time sitting there and not talking. Really? Yeah. It bothers me. When I go on a date, I never notice them because I'm looking at my wife. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but I mean, it's, it's really not about you have to be smart enough to pick the right first step. It's about just start doing something, right? Not something that's something that is obviously a good idea, but there's there shouldn't be a lot of decision anxiety here that I've seen in uh, myself and a lot of others. It's like just start doing something. That's right. So, and that's the thing. What's the first steps? It doesn't mm-hmm. say all the steps. Right. What's the first steps in the action plan to move forward? Keep it simple, doable, right? Mm-hmm. So, here's our first steps. We're going to inch forward by doing this. So, as a company, you could say, what are our first steps to move us forward to our vision? You know, as a family, as a person, well, I'm going to start working out. That's my first steps. Not five days a week. How about three? Mm-hmm. Like my first step for my goal is to be a healthy person. So that's that's really important because I think we can get overwhelmed by a lot of steps, mm-hmm. right? So a first step, like if you're trying to create healthy communication in your company, your first step might be we're going to have – you know, five minute meeting every morning to check in and there's going to be an affirmation and clarity on what our day looks like. 
It's our first step. Like, I don't know if it's going to work, but that's what we're going to try to begin to implement. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are kind of, and once you get your first step going, then you'll know your next step, right? As you yeah. identify your, the dissatisfaction, you know what your vision is. What's our next step to move forward? Love it. So, and then the last question is, because um, this is always going to be the case, okay? So what it does is it's going to loop you back around um, to asking the question, where will we find resistance in moving forward? It's a great question. Where will we find resistance in moving forward? So in a company, like you might do, think about moving forward and action step, and, you'd be, and the resistance could be like, man, our staff is, we have people on our staff who are not going to do this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I might have a boss who's not going to want to do this. Uh, I might have a spouse who's going to be resistant in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I might have one of my kids who's going to buck the system of saying, hey, we're going to do a family vacation. You see what I'm saying? There's mm -hmm. going to be so, – so identify where the resistance is so that you can pastor that well. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can mediate it well. Yeah, and have a plan for that. But your resistance will tell you where the tension is. So if there's mm -hmm. a, a, a staff member who's bucking a, a new healthy system of teamwork – you know that that's you're going to be able to identify maybe someone who's not supposed to be part of your team. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now you can't do that with your spouse, <laughs> right? But the resistance will be able to tell you why. Why is there resistance? You know? Yeah, and that might help clarify what your first step should be. Exactly. You know, because if if like you said, it might be coming to terms with the fact that someone on the team maybe shouldn't be, mm -hmm. or it might be that well. We need to deal with this resistance before we can move forward. Exactly. So the resistance in a marriage might be one of the spouses or both might identify that I think I might need counseling right, to work through some of this because the goal we set to move forward, like I just can't, I feel like I can't do it. I can't communicate well. There's something else going on, right? Mm -hmm. The resistance could just happen. The resistance could be around the dinner table with your family. Like, well, we just haven't done a good job with discipline. Mm -hmm. Our kids don't know how to sit at a table. This is resistance to our goal. So what we need to do is figure out how to deal with this. So you're going to always have resistance to deal with. Don't let the resistance um, take you off course. Just know that it that's the tension. That's There's going to be a kink in the system until you bring about healthy, till everyone knows how to sit in the pew. Mm-hmm. Right, mm -hmm. but it's not always that way. But it will be. Yeah, one day. One day, everyone's going to. They might be thirty-five. They might be thirty-five. Everyone knows how to sit around a table, and honor each other when they're talking. Mm -hmm. One day that'll happen. But the resistance will be there as you teach it. Yes. Right. So the team, there's unhealthy person or people on the team. There's resistance until either a that person gets on board, or they get out. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. There just might be some tension until everyone hops on board with where you're going. Yeah, and I think the again the benefit of a good vision makes the tough decisions or dealing with resistance so much easier because if you have a conviction about vision, then you're much more willing to to deal with conflict or unpleasant situations or difficult growth. You know, because like we all need to grow, and sometimes that growth is difficult, and we give up. 
if we don't have a conviction of why we need to grow, right. which is where the vision comes from. Exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, for example, if uh, we're trying to drive, our vision is to make it to Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> which is true of Monday, by the way. We're going to Jacksonville, Florida on I-10 like you were talking about. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. What's happening? Well, we're going to visit a uh, sister-in-law. That's our vision. We believe we can arrive in Jacksonville <laughs> and have a great visit. Um, but, hope, I mean, if... I hope you don't break down. If we're, if we're having to stop, you know, often and... Maybe there's there's a problem like a lot of crankiness or whatever. There's a lot of resistance. Like if I if we don't have the skills to deal with that resistance, we're not going to make it to Jacksonville. And the resistance could be like we just need a break. We yeah. need a rest stop. Or the resistance could be our kids are hungry. If we fed them, they'll be fine. Right. And sometimes the resistance good. isn't a buck in the system. It just could be a fix of like oh the mm-hmm. resistance is I don't lead a meeting well. Maybe someone else should lead the meeting. Yeah, and be okay with that. But it always takes humility to deal with resistance. Right. So it's identifying the resistance, and Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a great solution to it. And sometimes the resistance, there's not necessarily a good good solution other than maybe that person is just not on board. But the reality is, is that either they get on board or they don't. But to have the conviction of vision to make that statement and stick to it, you need strong vision. If you don't have it, like that's not. Well, and with your kids, you'd be like, guys, we're going to Jacksonville. Yeah. So we're you could either there come with us or you could walk. <laughs> I and I you. guarantee everyone would be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hop in the van. I think we're gonna stay in the van, actually. Exactly. So, but honestly, like that statement is hard a lot of times for leaders to make. Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, this is where we're going as a company. It's really clear. Uh, either you're on board with that or you're not. And that's a really hard statement because we're, we're afraid of what people might do if they're not on board. But that's what you want. You don't want people who aren't on board with where you're going. Yeah, because, I mean, and this is true of family life. And, you know, if, if one person is just, for whatever reason, not on board in a certain situation with the vision of, the let's just say, a day. Like today we're all trying to be a, a good team, a good family. But, like, one is there but not there. That's, like, the worst thing. You know, they poison everything. Yeah, it's like it's like putting a piece of fish in a chicken and sausage gumbo. Oh, exactly. Did you just say that? Yes. Oh, it just doesn't work oh. that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But what if you named that, saw that, and then resolved it? Which in a family, you're not going to kick someone out, right? But like, what does this child need to get on board? And like that. That is what we worry about right now. We take the five, ten minutes we need, and we worry about it so that the rest of the day is more pleasant and we can get along. What does this team need or this organization to... So you correct the, the yeah. resistance based on your vision. Yeah. If you, if you don't have a vision, you're only correcting behavior. Yeah, and that's not our jobs, right? right. Like uh, if, you're, if you're a parent, that's your job. Right, but you even correct behavior based on your vision. Mm-hmm. Right, this is where we're going, guys. This is what we expect. Yeah, right. and you're a grown-up to get on board or, or, or leave. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, great conversation today, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find the show on discovertheartofliving.com. You could support the show under the Donate pa- uh, and Support tab. You can support um, the show? Yeah. Yeah, the Why would you doing, support like, the show? Because Give me the vision. You and I need, <laughs> need it, man, to keep this thing on air like it costs. Oh, it costs money. It costs money. 
You could see all the other things we're doing with our marriage conferences mm -hmm. and whatnot. And um, thanks to Adam for your work and KLFT Radio. And um, yeah, share it. Love it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. God bless.